In today's Christmas edition of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, there are, there's air guitars. Yeah. That goes on. You know what the yeah. most important thing is? Oh, yeah? You almost gave it away. That's true. I almost ruined a future episode. Like, yep. we're, we're on day four. Four, yeah. You're talking about day ten. I almost gave you everything you needed to know. You have mm-hmm. to wait. Do you, do you know what that, you just, you have I'm to. I'm a millennial. I don't know what that means. Good, I get everything I want now. Good things come to those who wait. That's a saying. That's, that's, yeah, that's true. And it's embroidered somewhere on a pillow and you should respect <laughs> it. <laughs> Hello and, and welcome back. See anything but Quiet Time podcast with Rochelle and Carter. I know you're going to do the thing. Yeah, what thing? You like to play little snippets of songs at the beginning of these 12 days of Christmas fun podcasts that's right. that we've yeah. been doing. Yeah. And you've been like surprising me with them. Yeah, yeah. You're going to like this one. Okay. Is this it is, more animals? It's not more animals. This is this is the air guitar. Are you ready? <gasps> the Transcendent Orchestra. <gasps> yeah, this is the, my, the best part right here. Okay. No, it is great. What? Well, what? what? Here's the thing. We're enjoying it, and we're making the noises, and people are like, but I oh. enjoy it when I oh, don't, don't hear. Okay, let's just do it. We won't make the noises. We when promise. I don't All hear right. Rochelle and Carter. All right. I really had to, it was hard to control myself. Oh, I know. One of the fruit of the spirit. That's right. Self-control. All right. So this is 12 Days of Christmas. We are talking about the leading up to the fruits of the spirit. I know. This is the Christmas story and we're on day number four. Day number nine, we're going to talk about the fruit of the spirit, which I make like I know how to do self-control real well. Ah, That's one of those fruit that sometimes I leave in the the pantry a little too often. The hardest one. That is the hardest one, especially Christmas treats. That's the hardest. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so day number four. Uh, we, you know, wise men yesterday, two trusting parents the day before. Of course, the 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 basis the of all of it. Born to pay the penalty. Yeah. So today is for taxing purposes. All right. So like four, as in it's because of four. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's favorite bills. Ugh, bills come this? in the mail. You can't wait. Oh, is it here? And then you open it. You're like, yes, I get to pay the government wait, this who, much money. Who are you impersonating? This is this made up thing where no one. Ever. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. But it's been a thing since the beginning of time. People want to be paid and they want to tax. Mm-hmm. And then and and so that's no different with the Roman Empire. The emperors wanted the same thing. Yeah. And so that's why they did the census. Money, 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 money. 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 We got to stop singing. I know. I want people to keep listening to the podcast. <laughs> that's right. Well, here's the thing. We've had a lot of coffee, so this is going to be a doozy. Well, uh-huh. What's really just frustrating, I think, about this particular story is when I did a little bit of research on the census, mm-hmm. a lot of naysayers, those who do not want there to be a, an actual historical basis for believing in Jesus Christ, that mm-hmm. it's a bunch of fiction, you can find a ton of holes, you can drive trucks through, they will get up in arms a little bit about this particular census that called for Joseph to go back to Bethlehem. Where's the record? Where's the record for mm-hmm. the census? Where's the record for this massive humanity that had? Here's the thing. Censuses were like rodeos in Houston. They happened often. Yeah. So if it's an often thing, it's not going to be like this one particular rodeo in Houston. No, it's like every year we're going to have fun with the rodeo, right? Right. Well, I'm not saying it happened every year, but there were plenty of them. And one of the scriptures talks about this was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor. That would indicate there were others that would follow there was one, uh, I think I think it was 28 B.C., another one in 8 B.C. was one uh, that was written down, I 
think it was 15 AD. I could be wrong on that. Well, and of course, my favorite part of the 8 BC one is the song they they wrote. 8 BC. Easy as one. How much coffee did you drink? A lot. So, (laughs) the census was taken so that we could know how many people live here. How much money can I ask from them? And that is why everybody was asked to go back to the town of their birth. Mm -hmm. And Joseph, at this point, knows that his wife, his betrothed, is very pregnant. The Roman Empire doesn't care whether you're preggers or not. You're going. You're just going to go. Yeah. In nine months, you know. So There she, was no uh, no stipulations, no, nope. um, you know, extensions. Extension, no. We get those on tax day, you know. Right. No sort of anything. You just got to do it. Yeah. And they did it. And we talked a lot about the faith of them. But um, but what a hurdle to have to go mm-hmm. through even just that, much less raising the, the son of God. But to have, to, it's like. It wasn't easy on them just because no. they, they were picked to do this. It was really important that they did it, though, mm. because God keeps his promises. He keeps his word. In fact, in the book of John, at the very beginning, first chapter, it talks about how there in the beginning was the word and the word was made manifest and it was Jesus. He was God keeping his word, the person of Jesus Christ and his word in Micah, the book of Micah in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. He's a prophet. This guy, like, I think it was like 700 years before it happened, Micah prophesies and says that out of Bethlehem will come this ruler. So he prophesies that Bethlehem's going to be the place. Well, that's where Joseph was born. That's where Mary and he had to travel back to. Otherwise, Jesus would have been born in Nazareth and the prophecy would never have been fulfilled. So that's just one of the many ways that God fulfills his word. Well, I was I was just talking to a friend about this, uh, not a believer yet uh, in Jesus. And he just said there's so many things about, um, you know, kind of like the the historical side of it mm-hmm. and and what's true and what's not. And I think it's like three hundred and twenty three or three hundred and fifty prophecies about Jesus that all came uh, true. Uh, uh, uh. You can't say that yet. Oh, I, am I ruining the... The 10th day of Christmas. Oh, my goodness. But it's a doozy. And what Carter's about to tell you, what, what he's not allowed to tell you. Oh, my goodness. You're going to you're gonna just flip. So I won't, get, I won't get to the specifics of it. Holy Spirit chills. I think. Just a warning. Hopefully I'm not ruining what you're imagining, oh, Rochelle. Oh, I don't think you're ruining it. The, the fact that it, one guy fulfilled all those. Am I ruining it? Yeah. You're looking at me. That's the whole point of the 10th day. I'm being okay. serious right all now, right, so we might right. have to cut that out. Sorry. That's amazing. <laughs> We're not going to cut it out. We're just going to stop talking. No, just stop talking all about right, it. All right, all right. Because, though, I mean, like, literally had to have, like, 12 days of Christmas for our thing, and I needed 10 prophecies, okay? okay? Until we'll get to day 10. So, what are you, <laughs> we have them for lunch. <laughs> no. um, okay, well, then I'll say this. I'll say this. And and about the historical side of it and, and wisdom and facts, and there is something to that. One thing I point to is that 500 people saw Jesus with their own eyes after he was, he had died on the cross, mm-hmm. which means he did raise from the dead. And there's, you know, you want to talk about historical things. Uh, pastor said once, this is about old Testament stuff. And I don't remember which group it is, uh, unfortunately, but I, maybe the Hittites, I can't remember. There's, there's time and time after this, uh, where historians say, okay, but where, where's the historical figure, you know, historical facts for, for that, what that says. And then, paleontologists or archaeologists or whatever will will find something and go, oh, that must have been that Hittite group. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, that one checks out. Yeah. And it's like just because we haven't found it historically yet. Or even archaeologically yet. Doesn't mean 
yeah. that it didn't happen. And that's where the faith and wisdom comes in. And I think it's being revealed slowly yeah. in terms of the science side of it. But it's like if it's been proven enough times, you know, yeah. time after time, wouldn't you just have the faith in just what we haven't found yet? And faith again, it's the evidence of things unseen. Yeah. yeah. So you do have to go on faith. And that's, that's right. why Jesus was adamant. You got to believe mm -hmm. and you have to be like these little kids in order to get that. That's what he put a child in the middle of the group of people who were all the naysayers. And he's like, unless you have the faith of a child. And so, uh, yeah, whenever I start to have doubts creep up, I have to remember that. Well, wait a second. If we need hard, cold evidence, though, people like Lee Strobel, who was a renowned atheist. Yeah. I mean, he's just, yep. or, excuse me, he w he wasn't then a renowned atheist. Right. He is a renowned atheist convert to yeah. Christianity, went out uh, to prove this case against Christ. And instead, the book became a case for Christ uh, because he starts looking into all of the evidence that would, you know, as a good journalist does, you go in and you're supposed to be like open minded, you're supposed to weigh the pros and the cons. Mm -hmm, All right, mm -hmm. let's weigh the evidence. And it was overwhelming when he went back in his, and he went all over the world hunting down information to make sure that when he told his wife, when he came back home and said, hey, you're giving your life to Jesus was a bad idea. He would have the information to back it. Yeah. But that didn't happen. In fact, he gave his life to Jesus because he realized I would have to have more faith to be an atheist. Right, right. Than to, to be a Christian because there's more evidence to support being a Christian. And I thought yeah. that was fascinating. That is so true. And so here's an analogy that I heard, and you may have heard something similar before, but this is the way that I'm, I'm going to use this. This okay. is the way it was taught to me. Sure. That if I was going to fill up Texas two feet deep with silver coins. Okay. And you got, I mean, Texas is, is Texas. That's big. The second largest state. So you... In our hearts, it's the biggest. I was going to say, it depends on who you're asking. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, and I tell you, there's one gold coin in there and you not believing mm -hmm. in this, in this situation, I'm the believer and you're not the believer. And you're like, you're crazy. All I have to do to prove me right is find the gold coin. Mm. But what you have to do to prove that it doesn't exist is to go through every single coin to make sure there's not a gold one in there. So you have to just make sure it's not. So that's a lot of coins. That's a lot of coins and that's a lot of work and that, that'd be a, a lot of faith. So that gold coin that I point to a lot is, is more personal. Here's how we changed my life. Here's another miracle that happened. Here's, there's, here's, here's my evidence right here. And there's, here's what's really going to be helpful. If you have already said yes to Jesus and there is somebody in your world that hasn't, you do what Lee Strobel's wife did, and she prayed, I think the verse is Ezekiel 26, 36 or something. I, forgive me because I'm not remembering it exactly, but it's the you can Google it. Turn this heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Mm. And she prayed this verse over Lee every single day. And finally, one day, he recognized this is, this is the truth, and it's setting him free. It cannot be any number of things that you say Maybe you've been guilt tripping because you're just like, maybe I haven't said the right thing. This person hasn't figured it out yet. Mm. It is an encounter with Jesus Christ that helps it become a reality. It's like what happened to Saul on his way to persecute more Christians. And he has knocked off that horse of his, that high horse of his. And he is confronted with a person of Jesus Christ and his life supernaturally changes. He becomes Paul. He becomes the guy who wrote most of the New Testament 
And I think we put this pressure on ourselves that we have to have enough information. Right. Certainly that helps. Well, and I'll it say, helps. Paul, there were times where he went toe to toe in a d- debate of, sure. of, you know, with people who didn't believe this way. But so often he was talking about how God changed him yes. and the mercy on him. And so you think about you get a coworker that's an atheist and you, I mean, I know, I'll just speak for me. I'm tempted to, in, in situations like that, of course, in doesn't happen here at KSBJ. Everybody believes in Jesus, but I'm tempted to talk about the facts and talk about historical and everything that is, is point to there. But why don't instead I just have the peace of God where they see a difference in even my personality and yeah. prayer and how I handle difficult situations. They'll see that evidence live. If you will, you're living your truth. Yeah. So they see you living it out. There are definitely cases, though, where they do ask you questions and they truly want answers. True. They're true. not combative. They're not being defensive. They don't have an agenda all ready to go. And if you have facts, that can hugely be a blessing yeah. and an open door conversation. Absolutely. But the day to day living of your faith, living out love, they will know you by your love, Jesus said. And trusting that when you plant the seed, when the Holy Spirit asks you to share Jesus with somebody else, which may happen today, it may happen tomorrow, it may happen in 10 years, I don't know. But when God inspires your heart to go, that person needs to know about me, whether or not they get saved on that particular moment in time, mm-hmm. it, we have to release that over to him. His word is alive, it says. So we can trust that they're going to, at some point, have a watering experience. So the little seed they got planted now got watered. Maybe it's somebody else who waters it. Yeah, Maybe that's not. exactly right. With this particular part of the Christmas story that it is, um, you know, stuff that a fact that some people would question. Uh, we were actually, Matthew West was here today mm-hmm. on the KSBJ Morning Show. Matthew West, a singer songwriter. And uh, he was talking about even the wise men part of it and, and wisdom compared to faith. But having a faith in Christ might be seen as, Foolishness, mm. right? Or uh, the opposite of wisdom. Sometimes wisdom can actually be the roadblock to what Jesus calls us all to do, which is to come to him with the faith of a child, yeah. right? And we yeah. might think, oh, that's such foolishness. And I know there's a lot of people who, when you tell them you're a Christian, they're like, oh, you're a fool. Like, yeah. no, 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 that's not the case. And so I, I love the example of the wise men, right? Why were they called wise men? They must have been pretty smart, right? You would assume. But yeah. the fact that they would kind of put away conventional wisdom and take a journey because they saw a star in an eastern sky and they believed it was a prophecy fulfilled. And essentially these wise men came with the faith of a child, and they followed that star. I, I just thought that was uh, incredible advice to to know there. There's going to be in faith. There's going to be parts where you need faith. When we were <laughs> we were reflecting on what Matthew said, and I I thought of the verse. I had to look it up because I didn't know where it was. It's in Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 11. Ironically, Matthew, not West, but the apostle. Yeah, that's right. The disciple. <laughs> uh, verse 25. It says, "At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth." Because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Mm. And that's why I'm like, God, keep my faith strong. Even if I have hardcore evidence in front of me, sure, that's awesome. It does give me chills when I see that hardcore evidence for my faith. At the same time, it's like, but how was it described by the Apostle Paul? Faith is the evidence of things unseen. It's things hoped for, evidence of things unseen. And yeah. it's just, okay. So that's what it really looks like, because there could be somebody that comes along and tomorrow tells us, um, 
all of the things that you learned in this particular part of the Bible, we've discovered them to be inaccurate, you know, and it's like, well, how would that make me feel? Mm -hmm. But if I have faith in things that aren't necessarily somebody is pointing out with tangible evidence or something, then it goes past that tangible evidence. It goes into the unseen place. So many of those things have come to light in the past. People have brought these things to light. We have discovered this to be a hoax. Well, in, in actuality, you give it some time. Most of those things are then proven to be the hoax. You know, it's it's interesting, right? Um, I had a philosophy teacher in college, and he would just play devil's advocate on everything. Mm -hmm. So you raise your hand and say about faith, he'd question you about it. And somebody else would be an atheist, he'd question them about it. And it was mm -hmm. very even playing field. And he once said about science, he's like any, he's a philosopher. He said anything in, uh, in science can be disproven. And I was like, how? He goes, because there's so many times where it's been, this is it. This is science. Smoking is good for you, <laughs> you know, and then it's been disproven. Sure. And so we take it with a grain of salt that there's some stuff that just, yeah, gravity's real. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's that. Uh, but to know that if anything, that's, that's something I've kind of leaned on in faith. Is that to know that, yeah, we're talking about wisdom and talk about there's so many things that we learn in technology and science and it's so great. But sometimes if it comes into into conflict, which a lot of times they, they go hand in hand, honestly, but yeah. sometimes it'll come into conflict. And it's like, I know that we're human, all mm -hmm. of us, mm -hmm. even the smartest people in, in this world. And we get it wrong sometimes. Yeah. And in ten, give it 10 years, get, give it a year. And I mean, you see these, you know, uh, uh, conflicting things of even chocolate's good for you. It, it may prevent cancer. And the next year, well, don't go to, towards chocolate. It right. may cause cancer. I mean, just stuff like that constantly that we're human and that's OK. And that's where faith comes into play. And, you know, you're talking about science. Science is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God invented it. Yep. And so instead of um, planting my feet down strong into a foundation of science, I choose to put it in the one who created it. Yeah. And I think that's really important to, to think about it in terms of that. In Ephesians, it talks about armor that we can put on every day. And specifically, it talks about these shoes that the soldiers would wear back in the day. They would have these long spikes on, on the soles of their shoes so that when they planted themselves, they stood firm. And those shoes, they say, are, are the, it's a very long saying, make sure yeah. I'm getting this yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shod your feet with the gospel of the preparation of peace. I believe I, if I got that mixed up, it's Ooh. very King Jamesy. But and four score. What, and so, it, yeah. <laughs> what it basically means is, is that you are an established person on the foundation of the person of Jesus Christ. You have peace, not angst. It keeps you planted firmly. So when it is time to speak his truth, not worrying what others are going to feel or fear, but you speak with confidence because his word is alive. It's going to affect people one way or another. And I trust that when I plant the seed again, God can allow that to grow. And if the people cast it off, that is honestly, it's a choice, unfortunately, so many people make. But it is it is what it is. Um, and that's why God didn't create robots. He created human beings that yeah. can choose him. I know I know this is definitely stemmed on to, and to sharing our faith and facts and everything. But another part of the this part of the Christmas story uh, is the faith that it, we've already talked about the faith they had as two trusting parents. But just that. God doesn't, he may ask you to do something and it may not always be a, a, a softball. Yeah. I mean, they, they had to go through it in order to be part of his plan. And even Jesus, you look at Jesus to death and he, and he asked God, you know, as a man, he said, is there any, you know, can you take this cup from me? And it wasn't so. And, and he still had the faith to go through because just trusting God, I guess, is what I yeah. get. Those two words come out of this of you got to go all the way to Bethlehem. 
and a thing you don't want to do, but it fulfills a prophecy and you're trusting God through it. And I think Hebrews tells us how he did it. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. During the season on KSBJ, we're talking about the joy pledge Mm -hmm. that, okay, I need joy. And when I I keep my eyes on Jesus, I have joy. But when I lose it, I choose it. I choose Choose joy. joy. So I think about, okay, well, what is joy? This is what I think. Sometimes as a parent, you have that picture of your baby in front of you and you think about that person or, or maybe you've got, I don't know, a weight loss goal. And so you got the picture of, hey, this is what I'd like to to feel like my, my numbers drop with cholesterol or whatever it is. You put it up on the refrigerator. Yeah. And so for the joy set before you in those motivating things, you go through the burdensome parts of the task at hand. Right. And so that's what Jesus did. And I think, OK, well, what was his picture of joy? And I'm convinced that it's my picture. It's your picture. He pictured us Mm. together as a unified body with him at the head. And we are now the church that for the joy set before him, he endured. And so I think that if you're dealing with anything like that right now, maybe it is a struggle in your faith for the joy set before you. And and there's going to be a place of peace up ahead on this road of doubt or whatever, dissension and discord or Put that joy out in front of you. Jesus, I know that I'm going to have peace in this moment. All these feelings are fleeting, but I know that I can set my feet on a firm foundation. I'm putting my spikes down in this foundation. It's you. You are never changing. Not shifting sand, not like science. You can't put your finger on the theory because it's going to change the next week. Yeah. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hmm. Well, there you go. And and to play us out. No! That sounds like the baby. That's the thing. I, you know, uh, the I, somebody's gonna bust in this door and say, "Are are you guys? Are you okay?" Does somebody need to be fed? All right, uh, we will see you tomorrow, day five. The uh, day anything, five. or if you're binging these, maybe in just a couple of minutes. <laughs>